0: because I really think that probably is the, biggest, is the biggest factor as to why a church grows or why a church doesn't grow. I think more so than who the preacher is, more so than how good the music is, I think it's the attitude of people that does more to grow or to hinder growth in a church. So I want, to, I want to deal some with that today, if I may. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4. And I want to start by talking about the difference in good and evil spirits. Then I want to move into a different section of that, if time permits. I have uh, been battling in my spirit as to whether or not this was the right thing for me today. I told Becky yesterday that I had about three messages and I am, was battling about which one was the right one for today. I was thinking about atmosphere and the power of atmosphere and how even the decorations in this church is creating an atmosphere for Christmas. How that every, everything about your life is actually creating some atmosphere. And it's important for us to realize it. So the Bible says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So I want you to see that there are strongholds that are in people's lives that hinder them from being what God has for them to be. Those strongholds have to be dealt with. Those strongholds have to be overcome by the power of the Holy Spirit that is within us. Now, there are still parts of our culture that believe in hexes and hoaxes and uh, spells and putting those kind of things on people. Let Let me just set the record straight in the beginning. If you're a child of God, no one can put a hex or a hoax or a spell on you. Okay? Satan has no power over you when you're a child of God. So anybody who comes to you with that nonsense, you can quickly just write it off as someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. The Bible tells us that battles are taking place all the time all around us. We're in two kinds of battles just by living in this world. We're in a physical battle. That physical battle is the one that we can see and it is the one that we are involved in every day, all day long, just struggling and pushing to get through life. We all are facing that. Amen. But there's also a battle that is far greater than the battle that we can see. And that is the battle that we can't see. For <clears throat> well, the Bible is clear that there, are, that there are enemies of our soul, demons, demons. Devils. Demons actually is not in Scripture. It's all called devils. So it's all just a a variation of the form of Lucifer himself. So I'm not interested in trying to scare anybody today with the kind of preaching that I'm doing, but I want to make you aware of the fact that there are battles going on for you, for your family, for your marriage, for your business, for your home, for our church, for everything about us. There are battles, and if we could take the blinders off of us today, there's battles going on right here in the atmosphere that we cannot see, and therefore we're usually not aware of. But the Bible declares that there are battles going on right now, right here in this place, that because we're living in the flesh, we can't see those battles. And the devil knows that the power of atmosphere is a, is a great and powerful thing. And it's the, it's the atmosphere that we create that makes all the difference in the world. When we feel our atmosphere, and every, everywhere I go, I create an atmosphere. Everywhere you go, you create an atmosphere. If you are full of the joy of the Lord, if you are in love with Jesus, wherever you go, that's what you want to talk about. And that's the kind of attitude and spirit that you want to push out or to project to other people. So you literally are carrying your atmosphere with you. Now when I marry people, I remind them of the power of the atmosphere in the home. Because in the home, is where spirits are developed and where they grow. And when mama ain't happy, there ain't nobody happy. That's just a fact. So we work hard to keep mama happy within the realm of what we need to do and should do. Of course, that's that's a little funny, but it's true. And the truth of the matter is, mom probably creates atmosphere in the home more than anyone else. Because she's in the home more than anyone else. So it's important then for the right atmosphere to be in the home. So when, when, when mom has the right atmosphere, when dad has the right atmosphere, there is created a spirit within the home that children can grow up and be healthy and feel loved and feel accepted and feel like they're a part of what's going on within the household. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Psalm chapter 22 and verse three. He says, if you want the presence of God, then you need to live a life of praise. It's important that we learn how to praise. And if you want the Lord with you every day, then live in that attitude of praise. Lord, I praise you. I call out to your name. Hallelujah. Your praise is always on my lips. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will say of the Lord, he is my strength and my refuge, my hope and my strong tower. Glory to God. And this is what we do whenever we go our way to work, to school, in the home in the supermarket, uptown, wherever we go, we carry with us a spirit of thanksgiving and a spirit of praise so we are creating an atmosphere as we go. Most of the time, people who don't have friends are people who do not have a spirit of praise about them. Most people lost it somewhere along the way and have not been able to find it the kind of people who don't have very many friends. But I want you to understand that it's possible to live a life of praise and worship so that every day that you live, you are creating atmosphere for the good and for the positive of the people around you. Now, there is a danger when you start talking about demonic possession there is a big danger in taking it too far. There's big danger in not seeing it for what it is. But there is such a thing as demonic possession. I don't talk about it a lot. Maybe I should talk about it more. In my 50 years of ministry, I've never really come across but maybe a half dozen situations where someone was actually I felt like demonically possessed. Now I will say again, I don't believe any Christian can be demonically possessed. You can't be possessed by something when you're already full of God. Now I started to get me a glass. I was looking around. We usually got water bottles sitting around up here somewhere, but when I need one, I don't see it, but I started to bring, there's there's Brother Richard's got me one right here. And it's just like I want it. It's half gone. Now, if I was to say to you, how can I get the air out of that bottle? There's different kinds of ways that you could attempt to get the air out. You could put a suction device on the top of it. And try to suck the air out. But when you do, the walls of the bottle are going to cave. But there's one sure way to get the air out. And that is when you fill it back full with water again. If you fill it all the way to the top, the air is coming out of it. And this is exactly... The what we need to understand as being the men and women of God, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, there is no room for Satan to have anything to do in your life. Give the Lord praise today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I've discovered through the years and those very very uh, scarce confrontations that I've had with people who were demon-possessed. And the, the danger that is there is though there are people then who begin to look at everything as being of a demon. And that is not biblical at all. Now, it is, it is for sure that Jesus dealt with demons. The Bible says that He and His disciples... The scripture says cast out many demons. But I want you to see a sure sign of demonic possession usually is someone who is empowered with incredible strength. They're way stronger than what they should be. And we see that, we see that taking place in Mark chapter 5, where the man lived in the tombs. Remember what it said about him? They had tried to to contain him or control him by putting chains on him and fetters on him and he would break them off of him and they could not hold him and they could not control him. So that's a sure sign of someone then who his lifestyle by living in the tombs and by being unable to be controlled by man's ways that's a sure sign that there's some demonic power involved. Because don't forget now, Satan has a supernatural power that is above that of a human unless the power of the Holy Ghost gets involved, then we become supernatural in dealing with Him. Amen. Second thing, many times um, people who are demonically controlled usually at the mention of the name of Jesus, will burst out in uncontrollable cursing. They can't stand the name of Jesus. It pushes them to the very extreme level and they begin with the awfulest cursing coming out of their mouth because they're being controlled by the power of the enemy. And the third one is the contortion of facial features and make all these weird-looking signs in their face. Now, I, I know I'm funny-looking, but this is the way I was born, and 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 I've come to be this way, pastoring you people for almost 19 years. So I am what I am. But I want you to understand there is such a thing as demon possession. But I also want you to understand that we have the power over it in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Jesus declared so many times. He said, I want you. He said, I'm giving you power now because all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. He said, and you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover and you shall cast out demons or devils in my name. There is no place for the devil in your life except under your feet. Because the Bible says that God has put everything under Jesus' feet and if Jesus lives in me, then they're under my feet too and therefore I have power and I have control over that in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. So the only way you overcome Satan you got to be the spirit with the spirit. And if you don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, if you don't have the glory of God alive in your life, you're going to have problems dealing with people who are controlled and possessed by demon power. But I want you to know in the name of Jesus, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. And it's so important that we bring everything to light. We're called in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18 to bring deliverance to the captives. Jesus was a deliverance preacher. He cast out many devils. But you know, there again, be careful. Be careful around these people who see a demon all the time. Who's always thinking that just because someone does things a certain way. They think it is a demon power. I just absolutely disagree with that. I don't think that's scriptural at all. I think you can know when there is supernatural demon power involved. And I want to tell you, you don't have to run in fear. You don't have to be afraid of it. If your vessel is full of the Holy Spirit, you can take power over all of the works of the enemy. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. A demon's level of authority to operate is based on darkness in people's lives. That's why, that's why Satan wants you to stay away from church. Amen, preacher. He wants you to stop reading the word of God. He wants you to stop praying because when you stop those things, the light that was so bright and beautiful in your life begins to fade and begins to fade and it gets darker and darker and darkness. And the Bible says in the last days, men would love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Therefore, darkness is thriving in this world. We are so politically correct. We are so afraid of hurting anybody's feelings. We're so afraid of saying the wrong thing until we can't even preach the truth of the Word of God anymore cause we're afraid we're gonna offend somebody. I just say to you, leave your feelings at the altar and get your heart right with God And it won't matter what anybody says to you. You can walk in authority and in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm so afraid for the church world today because instead of being the place where the truth of God is being preached, where sin is being confronted, when demons are being cast out, and when Jesus' name is being lifted up. We've become more of a social club. We've become more of a place where we show off our fashions and we don't have the love of God. We don't have the power of the Holy Ghost like we need anymore. I say, oh God, bring us back to where we started put us on our knees again at the foot of the cross. It's always level at the foot of the cross and every man and woman is equal and we all are the same in the sight of God. Hallelujah. It is a shame in our society when the Word of God is not welcome and is not accepted. It's a shame whenever we have to hide who we are For fear that someone will be embarrassed or will be insulted because of our relationship with God. But I just believe that the power of God can break the power of darkness, and we need to bring this kind of stuff to light. The Lord is raising up people. I believe God's raising up preachers and ministries across this land uh, today who's not going to leave demons alone, who's not going to leave evil alone. We're going to face it. We're going to confront it. We're going to declare that Jesus is Lord over it in the name of Jesus. And this earth is the Lord's and everything that is in it in the name of the Lord. Now I know I'm on the latter end of my ministry career, and I believe that the Lord is raising up some young men and women who are champions, who are gonna grab the sword of Goliath. They may not have killed Goliath themselves, but they're going to grab the sword of Goliath and hold it up over their heads and declare the same God that my father David used to kill the giant is the same God that will take us through the next generation of people. Hallelujah. I don't worry so much about what's going to become of me. I'm much more concerned about what's going to become of you what's going to become of what God has done. But I just believe that it is the Lord's. And I believe that the Lord is in control. And I believe the Lord is going to have the right people in the right place at the right time. And the work of God is going forward and His name will be lifted up and exalted. I say praise be to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The church world today is more interested in being socially acceptable than we are in being full of the Holy Ghost. I just say it plain, folks. I mean, I'm playing this cornbread, and I don't know anything any better than good cornbread. And I'm playing this cornbread, and I just say it straight. I believe the church is more interested today in looking like everybody else and looking like what the world looks like and we've got to have this just right. We've got to have that just right. We've got to have everything in place just right. Well, that's all right. But don't forget what's the reason what got us here. What got us here is what will take us the rest of the way and that is a move of God and the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. That's what the church world is crying out for today. Glory to God. We don't need somebody trying to outfashion the fashionistas of our day. We don't need a church that is trying to be like everybody else. We need a church today where there is a great difference between the world and the church. Amen, preacher. I know I'm preaching the truth. You may not be shouting, but I know I'm preaching the truth. Because most of the time we're more interested in our children having on the latest fashion clothes than we are in having them with the cloak of righteousness and the power of the Holy Ghost and our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and lifting up the sword of the Spirit and holding the shield of faith because this is a battle that we're involved in. Many times we've given our given in to our children just to get rid of the noise. And we've allowed them to do things that we would have never allowed them to do in a hundred years at other times. And you know what this has produced? We, have, we now have a group of parents, if you're not careful, whose children have forgotten about God, who care nothing about the church, who care nothing about what's going on. They're doing their own thing. God help us. God bring us back to the altar. God put us back on our knees before the Lord so we can see Him high and lifted up. The enemy wants a culture that has God removed from it. We hear almost daily about these times that's going on in our nation now, especially this time of the year when somebody puts up a nativity scene and somebody else complains about it. It bothers them and it insults them to see a baby laying in a cradle. It insults them The very idea of the name of Jesus. This is what Satan is trying to do. He wants to make it so that there is no mention of God anywhere in our society. Folks, that is why we have to create this atmosphere wherever we go. When I walk out of this building, I don't leave God in here. I take the Lord with me. He is with me wherever I go. Hallelujah. And I'm going to carry His name. I'm going to carry His name wherever I go. Glory to God. We are to fast and pray and praise and worship and seek the Lord and do what God is calling us to do. Look at what the Bible said in Luke 4, 18. It's up on the board. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. We've got a tremendous responsibility upon our shoulders. God has called us to minister to the sick and suffering dying part of humanity I'm not in here to make you feel good I'm not in here to tell you how great you are and how wonderful you are I'm here to tell you we've got a job to do there are broken hearted people there are captive people There there are blind people who need the Lord and our job is to take the atmosphere, wherever we go. Glory to God. In Acts chapter 3, verse 1. I want to read through verse 10. Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. Let's read it together now. Peter and John went up together in the temple at the hour of prayer. Be in the ninth hour. And then a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us, And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold, have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. (laughs) In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. I want to stop right there a while. The Bible says this man was above 40 years old. And somebody for the past 40 years has been laying him at the beautiful gate to the temple. And he's learned that by sitting there, people have dropped coins into his little cup. And that's what he was going for every day. But there came two men along who brought their atmosphere with them, who brought something with them. And they said, we see you. We know who you are. We've seen you at the gate of the temple. You know what bothers me? The man's been there 40 some years. And he's still not healed. Oh, glory to God. I wonder how many of us come Sunday after Sunday, after Sunday, after Sunday, And we're still no better off than we were when we started. We're still dealing with the same demonic power. We're still dealing with that same evil junk in our homes. We're still dealing with these problems in our marriage and among our children. I think it's time for us to see the Lord high and lifted up and know that we don't have to live like that anymore. But God's called us to a higher anointing and a higher calling. So Peter said, I'm not going to give you what you think I'm going to give you. I know you want money. I don't have what you want. But you need what I've got. And I want to give you what I've got. Now, if you don't have it, you can't give it. You know, if this thing's not full, there's going to be some room for a little bit of junk. Part of the good is in there, but the rest of it is just a whatever. And there's so many people living in the whatever. So many people, we got just enough of God in our life to give us a conscience that we know that the rest of our life is not like it ought to be and we've been living in that state of being miserable and feeling like we're just not getting anywhere with God, and we've been living there a long time, I think it's time you put this thing under the faucet and let's fill it on up. Let's get it full of the right stuff. And when we get it full of the right stuff, there won't be any room for all that junk going on in our life. People think they can slip out to some place and get in a crowd. Let me ask you something. Is it easier to do good in in a library or is it easier to do good in a nightclub? Which one? Well, you know automatically it's a lot easier to do what you ought to do in the library. Go go right down to where Miss Deborah works, right down the road to the Timmonsville Library and it's quiet in there. There's nothing in there you can get into. I mean, the atmosphere there makes you do what you're supposed to do while you're in a library. All right now, all right now. But when you get around a bunch of junk that's going on, you forget about the message you heard last Sunday in church. You forget about what your mom and daddy always told you was right and wrong. And it becomes then, well, everybody else, I think I can kind of slip a little bit in here and nobody will really know the difference. That's exactly what Satan's tried to do. He wants you to get into the darkness. If you get into enough darkness, you forget what it's like in the light. He wants you in the darkness. If you will live in the darkness, you can do anything you want to do and it really, you think you fooling everybody else and all of a sudden you find yourself so far away from God and you have no power and your children want you to pray for them and you can't even pray for them because you need to pray for yourself. I don't even know why I'm preaching like this, but I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Lord, the Lord is wanting to say something to us today. This church ought to be packed to the rafters. I've been a part of growing churches in the past when you could feel it growing, you could hear it growing, you could see it growing. When there would not be enough chairs for people to sit in. When we had to pull chairs out. We ought to be packed in here from wall to wall and side to side. And you know what's going to do it? It won't be a better program. It won't be a better preacher. It won't be better music. It's whenever we get our vessel full of the Holy Ghost and we see the power of God begin to be demonstrated in our churches. Amen. Hallelujah. People, people will go a long way to see a fire. People will follow recklessly to find out where the fire is going on. And I'm telling you, I believe that's what the Lord is still doing today. There are some places who have a real fire of the power of God that's going on. And that's where the Spirit of the Lord is, where people are being delivered, where the captives are being set free, where the blind are receiving their sight where the deaf ears are being opened. And I believe as I preached last Sunday, as we are in the latter reign of the Lord and it is beginning to be poured out, I believe we're going to see miracles like we've never seen in our lifetime before. I believe the Lord is coming and I want to be ready to meet Him. We need the power like Peter and John. Let's go to verse 7. He said, rise up and walk. And He took Him by the right hand. And lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Now who hadn't done that? Somebody had missed it for 40 some years. This man has been sitting at this same gate for the people who went in and out of the temple. So proud of themselves. And so righteous and so holy. And I've been in men, i just... I got a pin that says I never missed a Sunday and it's hanging down for 40 years. And I've walked by this man and he's been lame on his feet for 40 years. I've walked right by him and I say, hey brother, how you doing today? Is your legs hurting as bad as they usually hurt? Well, I'm just going to have to ask the Lord maybe to remember you and I go right on in the temple and I take my seat on the front no less because I am one of the righteous ones and I am the one that feels good about how holy I am. So I'm going to go in and out. And I'm going to pass that man. For 40 years, he's been sitting there waiting on somebody who could pray the prayer of faith. Someone who could speak the words and see it being done. And Peter and John brought their atmosphere with them. They had been in the upper room. They had been filled with the Holy Ghost and the fire of God's power had been real in their lives glory to God and they brought it with them I tell you when you get a hold of the real fire power of the Holy Ghost nobody will be able to slow you down nobody will be able to stop you Peter and John said we're going to be different we're not going to give you money but we're going to give you something better than that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk and look what it said he leaping up my god that would be a miracle for some people and he leaping up stood and walked and entered look where's the first place he went tell me oh glory to god He didn't run down to the nearest country club to share with all of his red hat folks and his little martini, you know, and tell everybody what a nice thing had happened. No, he leaped up and he stood and he walked and he entered with them into the temple. Oh God, I wish I had the strength to preach this thing like I see it. Oh, I got to have the atmosphere with me when I come across people all during the week who need what I've got inside of me. I got to take the atmosphere with me so I can speak the name of Jesus, so I can declare that there's power in that mighty name, glory to God. And I can have such an influence over them that they'll jump up and run and leap and walk with me into the house of God and say, I want to learn more about this man called Jesus. Verse nine, let's look at verse nine. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Look how this thing spreads. Now verse 10, one more. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto Him. You see how this thing spread? When you carry the atmosphere with you, the atmosphere of praise, and the atmosphere of glorifying God, and the atmosphere of bragging on the Lord how good God is I am blessed and highly favored I have the word of God hid in my heart that I might not sin against God I'm walking in the favor of God everywhere I go I carry the favor of God with me I can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover I can speak to the dumb and their mouth will be opened. I can speak to the blind and their eyes would be open in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth hallelujah I say to you rise up and walk I say to you rise up and walk in the name of Jesus glory to the living God let's stand together hallelujah that's enough thank you Jesus Lord I glorify your name you are worthy to be praised hallelujah God you are worthy to be praised brother Richard you can have your water back after service brother If you need it, thank you Jesus. Glory to God. How many people have we been walking by for 40 years and they're no better off than than when the first time we saw them. We've never been able to really do anything for them. They're still sitting there needing us to speak a word of faith and a word of wisdom to them. But I'm declaring unto you now in the name of Jesus, you have that authority. If you will take it, you have that authority. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now I send you. You go forth in my name. Hallelujah. And he told them all the things that they could do in the name of Jesus. You don't have to have me to do it. You don't have to have another preacher to do it. You can do it on your own because you are filled with the Holy Spirit and His power is in you. So you can lay hands on the sick and they recover. You can speak sight to the blind. You can speak healing to the deaf. I'm telling you, we are stopping way short of what God says we can do.